0: Would you join me in prayer? Lord God, as we approach Christmas in the season of Advent, we slow down, we pay attention, we look forward to you. You have come, you will come again. And Lord, we ask that in the midst of this busy season that we would pause to reflect and to just enjoy you. Not the things of you, not the things you have done and can do, but to simply love and want you. Lord, remind us, help us to unify our hearts together to desire you, and draw all people from all corners of the world to this good news of your son's birth. We thank you for this place here, for this space that we have to worship you, and we invite the Holy Spirit to make clear your words throughout the whole scriptures. Thank you. May you be glorified and exalted. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the definition of darkness is simply the absence of light. That's it. I looked it up in Webster's dictionary. (laughs) Darkness is simply the absence of light. And so when we see that the Bible keeps calling spiritual darkness our condition of our brokenness from God, it makes sense. Spiritual darkness is merely the absence of God in our life. That's the whole Bible story. Adam and Eve, we fell into darkness, and God has shown his light into the darkness to bring us back. And so when Isaiah talks about the people have walked in darkness, it's not just Israel and their short-term situation, but it's for all of us. And so we are all affected by darkness. Uh, Romans chapter 121. Oh, I have a clicker. <laughs> Romans 121. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks. But they became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. So this darkening in the Bible is always referring to our absence of God's presence in our lives. And I think if we're honest, it's not just the pagans and non-Christians, but Christians in their fellowship with God can forget and break that fellowship with God so darkness is a battle that continues to linger it can't beat christians christ dwells in us but we stray into darkness by forgetting who god is and so darkness is the absence of god and darkness grows in a lot of us we see it around us darkness grows because simply people reject god Uh, this is a society today today if you look at hollywood i'm struck by all the villains in the movie are, a lot of them are Christians. Christians are now stereotyped as the ones who are hateful, the ones who are divisive, the ones who want to destroy people. And so Jesus talks about this in John 3, after you get past the famous John three sixteen verse. Verse 19 and 20 says, this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light. They have rejected the light for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. Those of you who have children, you know this. There's like cake batter on the floor. There's a mess. There's flour, eggs. Did you do this? And then where did the kids go? No. And they they kind of try to hide away from you. They want to shine away from the light. Or once in a while you go to their room and you turn the light on and it's just an ex bomb went off in their room. And so... Even children and adults, we do this. We like the darkness. Why? It, it covers and conceals our evil deeds. And so this goes for all of us. And this is what Jesus is saying, they have rejected the light. And darkness grows because of idolatry. Isaiah was written um, hundreds of years before Christ. And the king of Israel decided to worship foreign gods. One of the gods he worshipped was Molech. And Molech demanded Child sacrifices. So the king sacrificed his own children and burned them alive. And in that time of darkness, they were judged. And this is why Assyria came in 722 BC, conquered northern Israel, and Isaiah is calling out to the people This is what happened when we turned away from God. Yet there is hope. So darkness grows because of idolatry. And it doesn't affect, do you notice, just the king, it affected all of his people. So when mom and dad or parents, we commit sin, it's not just an individual sin. We affect the whole family. When leaders of a society sin and we live in darkness, it doesn't affect just that leader. It affects the whole nation, city, organizations. Darkness also grows because of pride and self-sufficiency. And we see this in Israel. We see this in us. Injustice, the yokes of burdensome oppression. That people said, hey, we could do this on our own, and they fell into this trap that we don't need God. Just, just think about how scary that sounds, by the way. We live as if we don't need God. I, it sends chills, but there are some actions that reinforce this thought. I'm living as if I don't need God. Who got this promotion? I did. Who bought this house? I did. Who got this wonderful children? I did. And we live as if we don't need God. And we walk and dwell into darkness, not because we're evil people, but because we're saying, I could do this without God. And so because of that, Israel became trapped and they became oppressed by Assyrians. And when Isaiah is speaking about people have walked in darkness and it's a miserable time, it was miserable. The Assyrians were not nice people. They weren't just a country that said, hey, we want to claim your territory. The Assyrians were known for three things. They boasted about three things. The Assyrians came in, they boasted about beheading their enemies, and they threw heads all over the place. In fact, the walls were inscribed with just bounds of beheaded heads. Second, they, they were boastful about the way they killed people in brutal, torturous ways. Two of them were the pike. They would peep on the pike, let everyone see this person slowly dying until they succumbed to their death on a pike and lastly they were known for flaying alive just skinning people and so when Assyria came into Israel it wasn't just oh boy we're in trouble it was God's judgment is really upon us I mean in some ways they were far far worse than the Romans and so Assyria Assyrians were brutal people and darkness snuck in and so Isaiah is calling out the people who walked in darkness spiritually And who are in darkness politically have seen a great light. That gives so much hope. Um, But before we jump to that, I want to just say, this is not in Isaiah, but this is in the scripture. Darkness is sneaky. Can we just say amen to that? And I'll explain why. Darkness is sneaky because it's not overt. It's not just simply, I want to rule the world. And oh, darkness. Darkness actually comes in a very subtle, mischievous way. I read a book 20 years ago uh, titled Overcoming the Dark Side of Leadership by Gary McIntosh. And he has this quote. And he says, majority of tragically fallen Christian leaders during the past 10 to 15 years have been baby boomers who felt driven to achieve and succeed in an increasingly competitive and demanding church environment. Listen to this. Most often... Their ambition has been a subtle and dangerous combination of their own dysfunctional personal needs and a certain measure of altruistic desire to expand the kingdom of God. However, because ambition is easily disguised in Christian circles and couched in spiritual language, like, for example, the need to fulfill the Great Commission and expand the church, the dysfunctions that drive Christian leaders often go Undetected, unchallenged until it's too late. In just layman's terms, their intentions were we want to raise the church and draw people to Christ. We want to build a big church. But it's driven by a dysfunction of personal needs. Usually for people, it's like, I want to prove to my dad I could do this. Or I want to show them my, 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 my former friend who built a bigger, better church, that I could do it just as well. So it's driven by these dark desires. And so when on the outside, it looks like, oh, pastor so-and-so, such a godly man, they're driven by this. And as a pastor, I say to you, that is a battle almost every pastor I know wrestles with. So darkness is not just greed and pride, but it is so tricky. Because while we're doing the Lord's work, we could be driven by darkness if it goes unchecked. And so, by the time that happens, either they break down through a scandal, they break down through just a meltdown. And just as a personal thing, for the past two, three years, I thought I was okay during this pandemic, but I found myself increasingly getting edgier and edgier. Where's that coming from? Oh, the stress of the church. Yeah, I know, but it's normal. And then it would be the weirdest thing, this darkness, this, this fear of failure, the fear that things aren't, you're not good enough. It would come out in small ways at home through silliest things. Usually the children are the blunt of it, or my wife. And so during the past year and a half, I had to repent and go back to this self-awareness like, God, I need to address this darkness. And it doesn't go away, but we can Turn it over to the light of Christ. And so if we're honest with ourselves, darkness is not just what's out there. We say Russia and, you know, those those political radicals, those liberals or those conservatives. But what the Bible is pointing out over and over again is the darkness is inside of you. But the light of Christ can shine on it. So Proverbs 11.2, when pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with the humble, there is wisdom. A lot of us, we're proud. We, we live in a comfortable place. We're proud. We, 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 like, we don't want people to criticize us. Hey, just keep encouraging me. I just need encouragement, but don't criticize. Don't give constructive criticism. Just say how great I am. But one little negative comment, the pride rages. And so we have the selfishness. Romans 2, 5 8 talks about this. And then, But this, what I'm talking about for leaders, the dark side of leadership. Self-deception, wrong motives. Listen to Proverbs 16.2. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. In other words, if you go, you know, I'm doing pretty good, but but Ralph over there, he's got issues. Proverbs 16.2. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. As a side, that's why we want to show extra grace. That's why we want to be extra forgiving because by that same judgment that we make, we are judged. So while we are trying to do good things like raise a church and be part of a choir or serve as an elder or deacon or be a committee leader of a church, the dark side of leadership is prevalent. And we think we're waging a war against politics, against the Democrats or the Republicans. The devil's having a field day. he's winning the battle with the darkness inside of us. And all of this culminated in Israel of their collapse by the Assyrian army. So here's good news. Darkness is all around us. It's in us. But Isaiah 9-2, can we read this joyful news together? Here we go. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. They didn't just walk in darkness. They walked in deep darkness. It's like saying, you know, hey, man, I didn't just step in poo. I stepped in, like, real deep poo. We are in deep darkness. And so what message of hope Isaiah gives to the people? You are in darkness, but here's the good news. Light has shone. In uh, NIV version, light has dawned. And a lot of Hollywood uses that phraseology. The world loves using this quote because it's a universal truth that in the midst of darkness, we look forward to the dawn. Some of you are in this darkness, and you're going, when will it end? When will the dawn shine? And it will, but it also has. The hope has come. And so notice the attribute of this light. Notice the light wasn't manufactured by the people. I get so worried, and a lot of Bible-believing people who believe in Christ— We know this, but when people say, hey, you know what? The answer is in you. You're the hope. You are your own hope. You can do this. And everything that I, I don't even need the Bible. I could just look at my life. Everything that I know that's wrong with me is inside of me. I can't deliver myself. And so when we say light shines in, it is a darkness and outside of the darkness Something has to come and penetrate. So it's like there's a video I showed a long time ago. A dog was stuck in the tide of an ocean and it was stuck in mud and it was going to die. It was just stuck. And a man walks out in the mud and picks up the dog and carries it back. And I realized, man, that's a visual of stuck people who are doomed. The only way they have hope is a rescuer. And so a Messiah was sent to them. They didn't create one. They didn't make one. They didn't figure it out. Which is a lesson for us. I don't want to be doom and gloom. But the true hope of the world will never be done with man-made organizations. Jesus Christ is our only hope. We've seen that over and over again. So Christianity is not a belief system we made up. Every other major religion, Islam, Mormonism, were written by people, a guy who said I had a vision. You know what Christianity is? Christianity is hu- it's hundreds of people who said this is what we saw and heard, and it all links together to this one story of God and Jesus Christ. No one made up Christianity. You had too many witnesses to, to make up a fiction. Too many eyewitnesses. The Bible was a conglomerate of eyewitnesses of what God has done to save us. The light shined in this world and so the messiah is the one who returns to the people to bring us back into the relationship with god so christianity friends is not a self-help or how to get rich or how to get happier <laughs> christianity at the end of the day is shining god's light so we can return back to god god is our light psalm 139 11 says Here's a verse, Psalm 139, 11. Surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you, the night is bright as day. The darkness is as light to you, with you. So God is the light. 1 John 1, 5. Even the darkness is not dark to you, the night is as bright as day. Oh, I'm sorry, I repeat that. And then Revelation 22, 5. This is at the end days. There is no need for a sun in the new heaven and new earth. Why? It says, and the night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light. So God doesn't just save us from darkness. He is the light that comes in and brings us together. So no wonder we are desperate for Christmas. What do we call this baby Jesus? His name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with light comes into the darkness So christmas is be- the star is not the highlight the star points to the true light born in that manger the beauty of it so what is this sign how is a salvation brought and i want to share three verses isaiah 7 isaiah 9 and isaiah 11 all three indicate this is why i believe the bible you can't make this stuff up you can't put this together all of them says the salvation, this hope, this light, it comes in the form of a child. Let's look at Isaiah 7. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. What's the sign? Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. The image of a baby. This is our hope. Isaiah 9-2, we just read it today. For to us, what? Not a king will come, not a nation will rise and rescue you, not a president or a a judge will rise. But the hope for you Israel, those in darkness is a son, a child is born, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called, listen to this, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. How many of you like Starbucks? Why is that laugh? Do you notice the sizes of Starbucks? Right? Tall, grande. Venti, and then all of them are synonymous almost with big. Do you notice that? Right? Y- they do have a short, but, but for the sake of my illustration, let's throw that out. Uh, tall, grande, venti, trente. what do they all, they're all being big. That's what's going on here. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's, you could do a whole sermon with each phrase, but all of it is saying this. That child is God, 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 God. the God. The last verse in Isaiah 11 is this. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb. The leper shall lie down with the young goat. There's going to be peace, a radical peace, and the fattened calf together. Which is funny because the fattened calf is the one that you kill to eat. Which is the point. The, The fattened calf gets to live. The calf is going, yes. And at the end, let's read it together. And a little child shall lead them why a little child because god is saying this to us god is both human and divine that's jesus he's not half human and half god he is fully human and fully god this is the messiah that's coming who's fulfilled that only jesus This also means that God is so strong enough to come in any way he chooses. He could have come as a unicorn, theoretically. But he had to come as a human for numerous reasons. He chose a child to take the sins away of humans made in the image of God. And he does it as a child because he is a humble God who is willing to become vulnerable to save us. This is why this God is so different. I'm going to say our God is so weird. Every power in the world is stronger, mightier, faster, quicker. And our God says, humble, vulnerable, a little baby. This is the God who shines his light in darkness. This is the beauty of God. 400 years later, John chapter 1, verse 4-5 says, In him was life... And that life was the light of mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it or understood it. And this is what Jesus says about himself. Next verse. And again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, if you read Isaiah, and then you read this, either Jesus is an egomaniac, megalomaniac. Jesus is delusional. Or Jesus is who he says he is as well. Isaiah says, a new light has dawned. Jesus comes 400 years later. I am the light of the world. To whom shall you worship? Who would you give your life for? Why would we live for ourselves when this is Jesus? John 12, 46, I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. Jesus is getting more and more Do you not see it? I don't want you to just adore me. I don't want you to just see me as a role model. I want you to have me, believe in me, and trust me. This is the fulfillment of my Father's plan. And lastly, Apostle Paul writes, 2 Corinthians 4, 6, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, referring to Isaiah, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. How? In the face of Jesus Christ. You and I cannot escape darkness without Jesus Christ. Period. Because he is not a religious leader. Because he is light. He is the Messiah that God's gave. So I want to end with this. It's practical and we're going to do something here. The only way you and I can overcome our darkness is not by trying harder. When I was wrestling with my darkness, I noticed days that I improved and the days that I didn't improve. And here's a correlation. The days that I said, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to do better. I'm going to watch myself. It got harder. But the days that I said, Lord, I need your help. God, I'm, I'm a mess. I, I am broken. I am I am a nightmare. I feel like a hypocrite. I, I, I'm hurting my family. I'm hurting the people around me. I, how do I do this? God, help me. God lifts me up. How does that happen? Because as God made himself vulnerable to us, we become vulnerable to God and let God minister to us. So we need to be more vulnerable. Uh, one of our he- my favorite authors, Henry Nouwen, he writes this. The Christian leader of the future, he doesn't say has to be smarter, faster, and more <laughs> agile. Doesn't say that. The Christian leader of the future is called to be completely irrelevant and to stand in the world of the future is the, and, and to the stand in this world with nothing to offer but his or her own vulnerable self. That is the way Jesus came to reveal God's love. The great message that we have to carry as ministers of God's word and followers of Jesus is that God loves us not because of what we do or accomplish. But because God has created and redeemed us in love and has chosen to proclaim that love as a true source of all human life. That's the way God operates. He loves us, not because of what you and I accomplish for him, but because we are claimed in his love unconditionally. And so when will this war cease? When will this battle within? When we give it all over to God. Some of you like to have God in your pocket like a lucky charm. Remember Rabbit's Foot? Uh, o- younger people, we literally carried a... L- dried-out foot of a rabbit in our keychain in the 1980s. It's kind of morbid and gross. Do you? Who had a, raise your head, confess. Who had a rabbit's foot? And we used to, like, play with it at school, like, hey, eh. You're playing with a dead rabbit's foot. Why do you have it? It gives me, it gives me luck. <laughs> Colored. And sometimes we keep God like a rabbit's foot. I'll just keep him there until I need him. I've got a little rabbit's foot. But the light wants to shine and invade and dispel all the darkness in us. He wants us to be consumed because he loves us and his purposes are good. He wants us to be vulnerable and say, Lord, come in. Come to my place. There's a room for you. All that you want, whatever it is, I'll say yes. So choose to walk in this light. This is the message. And lastly, The good news of the light of Jesus is not that he saves us from hell. This is the simplicity of the gospel, but that's not the gospel. (laughs) It's not just, if you don't wanna go to hell, believe in Jesus, you go to heaven. No, the good news is is there is judgment, there is a hell, but Jesus Christ went to hell for us and he destroyed the power of sin and death so that in so doing, you and I can have the light of God and walk with him. Heaven is not a place. Heaven is to dwell with God forever. The one that loves you to be loved forever is heaven. The one that created you. And so in, while we're waiting on that moment, we wrestle with the darknesses. We wrestle with grief. We wrestle with the brokenness of the world. The darkness is still around us. So we have to remind ourselves, the light of Christ carries me. And so what we do here is...